Hello, and welcome to the Emerald Games Cast, episode 46. My name is Nolan. With me is... I'm Janelle. And... I'm Alex. And we are back. It is November 20th. Listeners, friends, acquaintances, we had a discussion several episodes back as to whether or not the listeners qualified as friends yet. Can I can I check your guys' temperature on that again? No. <laughs> We're not there yet? No. We love parasocial relationships in this house. No, I see I do. I'm like listen, <laughs> the, these these two co hosts of mine, they're they're, they're gonna be cynical as all hell. But you're my friend. And I welcome you as friends. To he's episode forty six. Because it's quarantine and he's lonely for friendship. I'm very lonely. <laughs> no, it's funny you say that though because I've, I've been playing Dark Souls 3 and I don't know if this is how Dark Souls 3 usually is or if this is like quarantine, but I will keep getting summoned into PvP matches and the opposing players, they, they won't attack each other. People will just like run up and do emotes and just like sit on the ground and like play together and trade items and stuff and then at the end they'll do a little wave and just banish the phantom from the world that like i've i'm seeing less combat in dark souls than people summoning me just to hang out and there's not even voice chat in that in in that game so it's it's like a it's like a purely pretending to sit next to someone experience that's actually wonderful i really like that a lot it's been lovely it's been lovely i'll look up and he's just like sitting in some stupid pose with his new friends there's an item where you turn yourself into a prop, like like the source game prop hunts, kind of. Mm-mm. And um, one of them up in the early area on like the wall of Lotharic in Dark Souls Three is it turns you into a statue of a a nun kneeling down praying with a candle, and you can move while you're the statue as long as you don't attack or roll. Mm-hmm. So you'll get like five or six people in one room, and they'll all use this item to turn into the statue of the nun and just line up along the wall as if they're statues and then the player who's the host like he'll come up and just like pray to them and <laughs> it's the strangest thing i've ever seen huh okay you take voice chat out of any game and people just do all kinds of weird like nonverbal communication that's a lot of that's fun okay. yeah yeah that's how it yeah. should be that's how it should be but how are you, how are you guys doing though how are you alex <laughs> oh jeez how are you, that, Janelle? I know. Well, I know hard, one huh? thing about about Janelle. If I can say that, um, you're pink now. Yeah, I dyed my hair pink. I look like a gamer. Yeah, you look great. I need to try to tell you, Alex, and the listeners about a dream I had last night. Okay. And I tried for like an hour to explain it to Nolan, so I can't. Not an hour. <laughs> I felt like an hour, so I'm okay. only gonna explain explain something very briefly because I need to. He was playing Dark Souls, and I took a nap on the couch. Which meant that there was, like, Dark Souls noise and stuff happening next to me while I was asleep. And I had this dream about a Dark Souls-looking world. But it was, like, our modern world, but looking like Dark Souls. And there was this big, scary building that you knew was just full of terror. And this voice over a loudspeaker kept saying that that's where the gamers had to go. What? <laughs> they were saying that's the place for the gamers. And it was really scary for some reason. Gamers do belong in the terror place. They do belong in the terror place. So, oh, yeah, I'm just thinking about that. Well, speaking of terror and terror places and communication, I played a game this week about terror and communication. We were supplied a copy of this game called Replica by a developer I believe is Korean named Somi. And um it's it's pretty interesting. I, I I played it on Switch, and have you have you guys played either of you heard of or played a game called A Lost Phone? No, I think I've no. heard of it. That's the one where you literally it's a mobile app where you pick up like, it's like a fake phone inside the app that you have to explore. Right. So that game as well as this one use the same concept where the entire game takes place inside of a phone. Oh. So basically, you're, you you are you know, using the UI and going back to the home screen, going in and out of apps and whatever, but all you're doing is interacting with the software on this phone. It's the concept of this game is that there was a terrorist attack on the Golden Gate. It's like a fictionalized version of the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, it's a reference to this Cory Doctorow book that they, they credit. It's the same plot as this book called Little Brother. But when that terrorist attack happens, they start rounding up people in the vicinity 
and the Department of Homeland Security brings them in for, you know, quote-unquote enhanced interrogation. And what they do is they will take, like, you play a high school student named Tom Ripley. The person you're investigating is a high school student named Dickie Greenfield. They give Dickie Tom's phone. They give Tom Dickie's phone. They lock them in this cell, and they say, find whatever evidence you can of terrorist or anti-government or anti-establishment activity. And if you can find that and report a sufficient amount of it to us, then you will be, you know, exonerated of all charges and let free. So it's sort of just like a rat on your friend. Um, and so you go through this phone and you'll get messages from DHS that say, okay, find us the age and address of this person. And maybe he has a text message from a friend saying, hey, I heard it's your 17th birthday. So you can click on that and then boom, you've locked in the age. And you can go to like a picture taken in his bedroom and you open the the metadata on the picture and you can ascertain his address from that, stuff like that. So sort of a puzzle game with this Orwellian overtone. And conceptually, really damn cool. And a lot of the game is really interesting. There's some interesting player choice that goes on. I don't want to spoil where it goes. But again, if you've read the book Little Brother, um, a lot of the plot is actually ripped like di like directly from that book, uh, which is not a problem because Cory Doctorow makes all of his works Creative Commons. It's kind of he actually wants people to do that. It's kind of the whole point. But but the the kicker though that I that I feel sad to say is that uh, this game has a kind of weird understanding I think of Orwellianism. And, and it has some, some really bizarrely on-the-nose writing in a way that kind of makes it feel not true to the things it's commenting on. Like, if you take things like this, they're set, you know, this game's set in 2014, so it's not some wild cyberpunk future. It's supposed to represent an actual modern-day setting. You have, like, Facebook and Twitter, or, you know, facsimiles of the two. But you'll have things like, you'll go on the search engine, and you type in the name of a massacre and you'll hit search and it will say this search term is censored by the department of homeland security and i just i just think that no government that's actually interested in keeping a hold of its power would would do that like Very you wouldn't openly. have a giant pop-up tell you exactly who is censoring you you wouldn't use the word censorship you know Maybe you'd control the algorithm to have it go to a page about why that massacre is a false flag or about how the involvement of the government is exaggerated or something. You would so doubt, but you don't want people to literally feel like they're being told what they can and can't look at. So you're, so you're um, saying this game doesn't really have any subtlety. It's very much like on yes. the nose and like service level in terms of yes. its representation of this Orwellian idea. And you get messages from the DHS where they'll say, good job, you know, his t-shirt had Che Guevara on it. No upstanding American citizen would even know who Che Guevara is. If you get to him, we'll be able to teach him how to truly submit to authority. You're a real patriot. And it, it's, a, it's a very interesting plot and premise, but the writing and moments like that sort of give it a, um, I don't want to say amateurish, but a, a very blunt attack with its plot. Like, it just sort of, you, like, open it, and you're like, this is a game about uh, prying into private information being bad, and then there's not, like, a lot more to glean. Like, oh, you don't, you don't it, say. I, I had no idea that was a bad thing that we shouldn't <laughs> do. What a surprise. But but the way that it handles players, player choice is actually really interesting. A lot of the gameplay mechanics are pretty cool. Like, you will periodically get text messages and phone calls from other characters related to the main character and um sort of similar to like how steins gate handles player choice most of the plot direction is is contingent on whether or not you pick up those calls um or who you do and don't text at one time at what time and in what order um there's some interesting puzzles like 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 how you figure out passwords to different things it's probably the main draw um it's also really short it has, it has 12 endings only only a couple of them are considered true and i got the first ending in maybe 25 minutes 
okay. then I got the rest in probably another 20. I, in less than an hour, I'd cleared up probably eight of the endings in this game. So That's a very good way to, to do games with like multiple branching endings is to make it not that long yeah. to encourage people yeah. to immediately go back and try again. And uh, I guess my, my verdict on this thing is despite the writing being a little clumsy um, and despite it's sort of like hold on what orwellianism is about it's 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 like you know you hear people say like that 1984 is about mass surveillance and like they're not wrong but that's the thing you know about 1984 if you haven't like if you don't know about it you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah that's that's like the only thing that stands out about that book aside from what you would get if you picked it up and looked at it so with things that are like ostensibly orwellian but that are purely about surveillance without sort of d- diving into like the implications of that they just feel a little bit surface in a way but aside from that, um, it's got a lot of good to it. Music is great. Player choice is great. Mechanics are really fun. And you can play it so quickly that I think it actually has a lot of merit. I had a lot of fun trying to figure out. There's some puzzles that involve like translating numbers into hexadecimal and shit like that. It's just wild that mm, I think okay. it, it that keeps it enjoyable. So It looks like it's not super yeah. expensive either. It's like no, under it's $5 on every platform it's offered on. which It's is very on... cheap, and you can play it. I, I played it on Switch. I think that was kind of a clumsy way to play it. I think if you want to play it, and you should because it's fun, you should play it on your phone because then it's just mm. like you're on a phone. And that the controls, you don't have to learn the controls. They're literally just your touchscreen. It's great. But, uh... Okay, cool. Yeah, that's that. And that was uh, Replica by... You said it was Somi? Yep, yep. Okay, cool. So that's and that's our thoughts also on one. We read Little Brother because it's a good book. Okay, you told me you, you earlier in the group chat. You told me about a Cory Doctorow book that seemed kind of interesting. I'll have to check that out. Cory Doctorow is a cool dude all around. I I would love to. I I don't know. Listener, all all his books are free. Everything he's ever written is available for free. Not only that, they're free to remix like you could take his book and just swap one of the chapters out with your own chapter and legally you could release that book because he allows that so that's that's pretty amazing i love that yeah but, but speaking of w- news. world governments do you want to talk about that first <laughs> maybe it's some sort of government organization that uses code names ba-da, ba-da. finish the finish the the thing no i never i, just, I can't Da, da, da. You don't know 007? That's the Incredibles. No, it's not. That's the Incredibles. Well, they That's sound the really Bond. similar because they're like a very similarly themed. I was joking. Oh, please. Janelle, do you want to talk about... You're you're no. a big fan of this. Oh, okay, never mind. I've seen one James Bond No, no, movie. but like you like, you, you like the Hitman games. Yeah. I can't talk about this. <laughs> okay, well, in that case, okay. I'll do it then. So for context... As we were alluding to, there is a James Bond game that is now currently under development by IO Interactive. IO Interactive is probably the most famous for the Hitman series, which also requires a lot of like covert ops blending in and Blaine's blending in in plain sight, <laughs> not Blaine sight. Blaine doesn't see anything because you're blending in. Well, maybe um, if Blaine is playing the game. What if David Blaine is playing? Then he'll see all your secrets because he's a magical oh, man. Guy. Yeah, that's true. He's so magical. Um, but so they just recently announced <laughs> that they have the James Bond license, and that they are working on a game. It is supposedly very early in development. We only had some very basic concept art of, like, a bullet being loaded into a gun from the chamber of the gun, and then you turn around, you see the iconic little, like, spiral uh, gun barrel. Um, it is being developed and published by IO Interactive, which is super cool, because for a long time they were under... Um, was it Square? Yeah. yeah, they were Square Enix. Thing. Yeah, and and they asked to be independent, and Square kind of just gave it to them without like a fuss or anything, which was super cool. Um, so it's you know Hitman's been doing really well. Um, I have not played the most recent Hitman game, but I played a little bit of the older Hitman game, and of course I played Blood Money. Those games are super cool. Do you guys it, have any? It, oh. I I have a take. Yeah, it's, totally. It's too bad they got the license for James Bond because now we can't drive his Aston Martin around, eh? Huh? Hey, hey, hey! Because they, they took his license away. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been holding that for about a minute and a half. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, uh, yeah, I knew I picked up on it when you picked up your phone and Googled James Bond car <laughs> <laughs> before <laughs> making that joke. I had to double check. I was right. Uh. But um, it's pretty cool. 
Maybe they can they make seem like the perfect James studio. Bond MMO. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> With a Hitman crossover. Call back. Bring it back. Bring it back. Oh, put your headphones back on. <laughs> okay. All right. So we, we actually have played Hitman 1 and 2, mm-hmm. me and Janelle. Um, they're pretty good. Would you agree? I'm sipping. They're excellent. I love those games. Yeah. Do you do you think you would have interest in a James Bond game or is if this it sort plays of... like a Hitman game, yeah? I imagine it's got to play pretty close. Probably not one to one because the whole thing is James Bond is James yeah. Bond as opposed to Hitman who has to like blend in. But like, I mean, yeah. yeah, I I think it could be fun. Guys, I really don't know anything about James Bond. I don't know what he does. Well, I, I don't know who he is. What tell he you what he for. doesn't do is wait. Sh- hold on. Oh, hold on. But I gotta say. I I do really love James Bond games. I have a feeling you're about to segue into the next news. No, I wasn't. Uh, I was going to oh. say a different thing about a different James Bond game that I think we've talked about in the podcast, right? Uh, Which one? Goldeneye for the N64. Yes, yeah, yeah. So apparently I, in... There was a, a, a document that was released from uh, Rare who made the James Bond Goldeneye game where they talked about how incredibly restrictive the IP was. Like... There was a woman artist on the team who wanted to make uh, more, like, female playable characters in the multiplayer, and they got one, and that was from the movie, and they were like, well, what if we added in, like, female guards or whatever? And whoever holds the James Bond license said, no, James Bond can't shoot women, so there can't be, like, a lot of women in this game, because then he might shoot them, or the player might shoot them as James Bond. What about, what about Octopussy, who's the main villain? Not in Goldeneye. Was no, she? but in the, in the movie Octopussy. Well, there, I don't think there was an Octopussy game, because you couldn't put a game called Octopussy on store shelves. No, this there is, wasn't, but James Bond shot a woman. This is the same reason mm. why um, they don't want to put Kiryu Kazuma of Yakuza fame in a fighting game. That is true. They, yeah. they don't James Bond women. can't shoot a woman, but Sean Connery can be proud about how he beats women. He's oh. in hell now, listener. Oh, jeez. Is he dead? Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, he is dead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was recent. That was recent. He said some fucked up stuff in interviews. Yep. He He was kind of a scumbag. Yeah, he was an awful person. He was like, you you should be able to beat your wife. And the interviewer, who's a woman, is like, no? And and they were like, what if you slap me? He's like, I would love to slap you right now. And then a few years later, he died. I don't think he said said that. No, he said basically that. He he threatened the interviewer. Oh. Really? Yeah. I, I, I have to I have to rewatch. No, this. Sean Connery sucks, um, but he's dead. Podcast. He's dead. Sean Connery. <laughs> it just happened. The Him guy? being dead. It yes. was not that long ago. Oh jeez. Can we he was pull big, out our... He was Big Boss. Maybe maybe he had like a like a Venom Connery. <laughs> you know? Did you guys know that that the original Big Boss in the MSX game is a trace of Sean Connery? I didn't. Know uh, that I didn't because, know that. That's interesting. Told me that. Yep, because yep. Kojima has wanted Hollywood actors to be involved in this stuff for so long, and nobody will let him do it, except for Keeper Sutherland from 24. Yeah. But um, uh, I was going to say, I, I loved GoldenEye when I was a kid. It was a great game, but I didn't stop there. Like, I grew up on James Bond games, played Nightfire, played Quantum of Solace, played From Russia with Love, played Quantum Everything Solace or Nothing is the on good the PS1. One, right? I'd say they're all good ones. Are I, they? I thought there were only like a handful. Well, if you play them when you're 10, they're all pretty good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love the James Bond games. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested in this. That's, that's all I have to say about it. They seem like the perfect studio, too, IO Interactive, because, you know, their their IP is a spy game. So Here's, here's what I want to take bets on before we go to the next story. Sean Connery is like a no-go now for the obvious reason. I, I predict that IOI will... Because they have DLC in Hitman where you can buy suits for Hitman uh, 47. I predict that they will have like the you can pay, you know, may, maybe the game is Daniel Craig, but then you pay like 199 for Roger Moore, Pierce one Brosnan, for, one for Lazenby, one for Brosnan, uh, you know. Yeah, and I want to yeah. know what's up with that cuz Sean Connery is the most iconic James Bond, what? but I want to know what they're going to do. They could get in touch with his estate maybe. He what didn't if, get canceled anytime recently. This was forever ago, and only with certain people. So take your bets now. Will he be in the game? I bet that he will. That's my bet. What if it's just a new one? I like j- just Daniel Craig. No. No, yeah, I'm with a Janelle. New one. It'll be a. It'll be their own Bond. Oh. But and then you can based, buy the other characters. It'll, it'll be based oh. off of Idris Elba. Maybe they don't want it. Yeah, that'd be that sick. Also, Doesn't he not want to do that? Also, prevent the game from being dated. Too. Um, I think that they said that it was unlikely to happen. 
But I, I don't think he said what? he doesn't want to. I remember I hearing she'd be a, Idris Elba being like, I don't, I'm not interested in being Bond, which I made everyone sad. I think he should sad. be a Bond villain. I think he should be a villain. He'd be such a good Bond he villain. Could, he could be both, easily. He could be Bond or a villain with the minimal effort. That's Matt. what the movie's called, Bond or a villain. <laughs> it's just about him doing things and you don't find out his name until the end of the movie you either die a secret agent or live long enough to see yourself become the bond or the villain (laughs) (laughs) okay guys we wait janelle real quick do you think that we're gonna get a sean connery dlc yeah he's very famous man we'll make them many dollars (laughs) that's true he will yeah. I here's, wait. Here's the thing. Okay. It doesn't matter if someone gets canceled because they're a piece of shit. Will they make money? They're in, baby. That's all that matters. Yeah. The thing that you have to remember in terms of this as a business decision is that Sean Connery didn't get quote unquote canceled. He said that in like the seventies. Yeah. And only certain people talk about it. It's not like he did something shortly before death that mm-hmm. took him off of the Hollywood. Um, like, he was never blacklisted by the industry at all. Oh, of course not. something that people started sharing on Twitter, like, a, Wait, like a couple of years ago. I changed it. What if it's... I have a really bad sore throat, so I'm really sorry about this. Okay. James Bond game, but starring the character model for Hitman, Agent 4707. Agent 4707. That's just a Hitman game. <laughs> what is it with you and Hitman game pitches? <laughs> <laughs> Just like that game, it, it, it brings out a, a, a multitude of creative ideas. <laughs> many many was, different disguises. When I was younger, I watched one of these James Bond movies. I forget which one. I, I have absolutely no idea. And at one point, M says something about, well, we already lost 001 and 002. And, and that just blew my mind when I was a kid. It's so obvious that he's like... It's a, it's a serial number because there's many of them. But as a kid, it just never occurred to me. Wait. And I was like, where where are their movies? <laughs> Wait a second. As an adult, just now. <laughs> oh! <laughs> That's crazy. This is like when I, kids are like, where's no. Nintendo 66? Look, I, I've seen Diamonds Are Forever. And that's it. So that's my limited experience. But you just blew my mind. Hey. <laughs> Some of the old James Bond movies, pretty goddamn wild, man. Yeah. I've only so, seen a couple Casino of the Craig movies. movies. I say, okay, Casino Royale, best James Bond movie. That's my that's my hot take. Ooh, ooh T- that is a hot take. Take it, take it or leave it, Skyfall fans. Okay. <laughs> There's no one with that strong of feelings, I imagine, but I, I wish something. there were, so they would email us and we could argue about it. But um, that's neither here nor there, because mm-hmm. we have some news that we've been moving the segue into now listener every once in a while some stuff gets leaked and we usually don't talk about leaks because i and i know i'm alone in this and i'll talk about this too there's like some ethical sort of concerns and reporting on this stuff as though it were true but with the disclaimer that you should take leaks with the smallest grain of salt there was a kind of interesting thing that happened recently where, uh, unfortunately, Polygon got the report on Capcom, I meant to say Capcom the first time, dealing with some ransomware, which I'm not entirely sure what that means in it's, detail, So, but you seem like you do, Alex. Yeah, so what happened was somebody or a group of people or the entire company got hacked. The entire company being Capcom was hacked, and they were like, hey, I have this information, Give me X amount of money and I won't release it. So they're holding their company secrets hostage, basically. It's yeah. ransomware. They're holding it for ransom. Um, and apparently, I guess they either didn't give them money or didn't work it out. Uh, so whoever has hacked them has been slowly trickling out bits of information over the internet. Now the only relevant information to come out of that, or at least the only thing that I think sites like Kotaku and Polygon or whatever feel comfortable talking about, which, good on them, mm-hmm. is a kind of tentative list of games that Capcom might be working on in the future. Some of some of which we've already known about, or at least could have easily predicted. But, uh, this is their list, this is their plans until 2024. Yeah. What's that one you're pointing to there, Janelle? Onimusha. Yeah. 
That's one of them, yeah. Um, you want to just go down the list real quick and talk about some of the... I think the best list is the uh, one on Push Square. Uh, that one is... it's. We're missing a couple on not only the just raw PDF file, but also... Yeah, read them out, read, read them out to us. So, quarter four, 2021. We have Resident Evil Outrage. Not sure huh. what that's going to be or what that entails. Uh, quarter two, 2022, we have Dragon's Dogma 2. This has been... Actually, a- by the way... Outbreak. Outbreak? Oh, is that... Yeah. Okay, are you reading the... I see, okay. Oh, you know what's weird? I'm reading in two Japanese, different things. In Japanese, Biohazard Outrage. So it's... it's, But the translation says Resident Evil Outbreak J. So they might have some kind of internal translation. So actually... Probably. Yeah, my I, bad, my I, bad. you're good. I'm just going off the, the push square or what they're saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Dragon Sogma 2 in 2022. This has either been rumored or known about for a while, I forget. But Dragon Sogma has been in the conversation. Uh, Street Fighter Six. We've also obviously. known about this. Yes. Well, not yes. obviously as much as you'd think because Street Fighter Five did horribly. It didn't yeah, make but very you know much money. And... Come back eventually. You know that's true. Not never try it again. Uh, Rockman Match, which in English will be Mega Man Match. I don't know what that is. I want to say it'll be like a fighting game, which could be kind of fun. Um, Resident yeah. Evil Four Remake for Quarter Four, twenty twenty two. So that's got at least a schedule right now. Um, a new Onimusha game, which, Janelle, you got really excited about. Nolan likes those games. That's Love cool. them. Yeah. Uh, which is, for context, Onimusha, to my understanding, is kind of just the same gameplay loop as Resident Evil, survival horror, um, fixed camera angles, but in medieval Japan, right? Yeah, so it's like a, like a lot of melee focus and magic casting. Um, it's a little more action-y than I think the early Resident Evils, mm, but it okay. is it is a pre-rendered background, survival horror type thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Monster Hunter 6, quarter 2, 2023. That makes sense. Which, Monster Hunter is their most profitable IP now. I kind of wonder about that. Monster Hunter 6. Because, like, there was never a Monster Hunter 5. At least not numerically. So it might, it might change. Hunter World, what do you think? Monster Hunter World 2 or what? I'm not sure. I, I, I could just see them going, like, a new Monster Hunter game and calling it Monster Hunter 6. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Biohazard Apocalypse. Not sure what that is. That's going to be uh, 2023. There were discussions about them doing a sort of Battle Royale game. And if they're going to slap... Evil? Just in general. Oh. So if they're maybe going to... If it's not going to be a new IP, if they're going to slap an old IP on it, it'd make the most sense to do Resident Evil. So maybe that's it. Who knows? Super oh, Street... would be so cool. Uh, Resident Evil... Uh, a uh, Resident Evil Battle Royale with RE4 combat would be a dream what if the 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 storm or like the the circle was just like a wave of zombies oh that'd be rad i wonder if you could i wonder if you could get away with that on like modern hardware or if that would just melt it i think you could i think you could fudge it yeah super street fighter 6 is going to be their like update with new characters whatever in 2023 uh and here's some of the most interesting things for me we have a final fight remake I don't know what that's going to entail, but that sounds really cool. A Power Stone remake, which oh. I'm really excited for because Power Stone rules. A Captain Commando remake, which I don't even know what, what they're going to do with that. That's going to be great. Captain Commando was this obscure um, brawler beat-em-up arcade game. Uh, Ultra Street Fighter Six, another Street Fighter Six iteration. And then finally, Resident Evil Hank. It's either Hank or Hunk. They're not super sure, apparently, because I guess it can be read both ways in 2024. Hey, do you guys think that this was leaked intentionally as a... Hang on. I'm I'm workshopping this joke. Come back to me. Come back to me. Okay, sounds good. Okay. Nolan, do you have any thoughts or ideas about any of these supposed rumored leaked things, games? I'm just surprised to see a new Onimusha, because there hasn't been an Onimusha game since um, the PS3. That wasn't particularly successful. Incidentally, do you remember the giant enemy crab meme? Was that Onimusha 3? Or whatever no, the No, wait, hold PS3 on. One? I'm rocking my brain. I think that was Genji, actually. Not uh, Onimusha. Okay. That was, that was Genji. Easy to confuse. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there has not been an Onimusha game in quite a while. I think there's been a lot of fun. I'd be really curious to see what one looks like in the modern day, especially with all of the Resident Evil experience, because 
I think that, like, you saw Resident Evil drifted away from that format for a while, and, and Onimusha kind of became its own thing. But I would be curious to know whether or not they would go back to sort of like the Onimusha one so they could get the recognizable Resident Evil ref- reference, or if they would just try and do, like, a new Onimusha direction, kind of make it even more of its own thing. I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I do kind of wonder, because, like, Onimusha's kind of been like Dragon Sogma, where it's a cult classic that they've been talking about. So I don't know if there's ever been any confirmation that they're going to do it, or if, even if they've been like, oh, we're looking into it. If they even mentioned Onimusha. Um, I gotta be yeah. honest, though, I'm a little sad to not see another Marvel vs. Capcom game. I guess they decided after Infinite that they just had to scrap it, which is too bad. Um, yeah. Because that's an IP that if you do it right, it could do incredibly well because you have one of the biggest IPs in the world and currently a massively successful fighting game company, right? It's it's a match made in heaven at the start when they were both smaller, but now that they've both ballooned so much, they are probably butting heads a lot, which is too bad. Now, I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm ready to hear your joke now. My joke? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I can't. Why? I was trying to make a joke about how, like, it's it was leaked on purpose to go with the announcement of <laughs> the James Bond game. Like, he was hacking? Mm-hmm. Couldn't make the joke. I couldn't make it happen. But thanks like it's for... A big, it's a big PR stunt. Yeah. They reveal, they reveal that, like, in the first mission of James Bond, you have to hack Capcom. Yeah. And, like... Yeah. <laughs> I really didn't have that one like I thought I did. You know what? You know what? It works. It works. I'll take it. I'll take two, it. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Uh, I'll give you nice. one thumb up. Thank hey, you, okay. Nolan. Well, that's, that's, that's three. <laughs> that's three in total. Thanks, I guess, Alex. Yeah, of well, course. What, well, what do you give yourself? Two thumbs down. Two th- oh, come on. Give yourself two up, and then you'll get it. Well, so now, now you get six. one thumb up, and I think that's a very, very fair way to put yourself <laughs> in that joke. Oh. Yeah. That's a tragedy. Yeah. I just miss being excited for games being announced by people who um, are making the games and not finding out about them years before they're supposed to be announced. Let me ask. Let me ask. Well, what's I... the last announcement that... Because I agree with you. And I want to know, Janelle, what's the last game announcement that truly surprised you and had you excited? Demon Souls. PS5. Remake. Yeah. Was that a surprise, though? Because people were talking about that. That was one of people the rumored about, IPs. People talk about games... Here's the thing about rumors. I think that is such, like... I think that when people say, oh, this game is being rumored, more often than not, it's because there's something people really want, and so many people talk about it and make it make sense to be announced that people believe that it's going to happen. But like, that's kind of cyclical, right? Like, you see... I mean, we can see this in this Capcom. Like, Dragon's Dogma is a cult classic game that people have talked about for a long time. What came first? Was it the rumoring about a sequel, or was it development of a sequel? Did they announce? I wasn't hearing all of these. I was saying for years I wanted a Demon Souls remake. I didn't see any rumors, so I was genuinely surprised by that. Yeah. I feel like there were a couple of games that got announced recently that I was surprised by, but I can't really think of what they are. What about you? Um, the first thing that comes to mind is that kind of spiritual successor of the Silent Hill game set in Russia. Yeah. That I'm forgetting the name of. But for me, it tends to be things like that, like new new IPs with sort of mm-hmm. pedigreed creators are seem a lot less likely to get leaked and talked about. I think I think because the sound bite is harder. Yeah, yeah. You can't just say like Silent Hill Five, but you know it's a little bit more complicated. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. PT was a good this. It was the best. Oh, PT is yeah. a good masterclass at that. I don't think anything's ever been like that before or since. No, man. Well, Death Stranding may be like that for me. Not 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 like PT, but um that we knew something was coming but had no idea what it was yeah and there was no leaks as to what death stranding was before we had it he tried so hard to tell us no he didn't no he didn't he explicitly tried to not tell us um he released like 13 hours of fucking cutscenes for that game okay my favorite thing that that kojima does is when a nine minute trailer for one of his games comes out and then four days later, one that's like 15 minutes comes out, and it's called the Kojima trailer. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that's the best thing in the world oh, when man. he does that. I don't know. I'm just not big on leaks. I It makes me feel bad. I don't like it. I want to be excited because I watched something yeah. on TV that told me a game was coming out, not because I read a spreadsheet that may or may not be real. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I hate Smash Bros. releases. Uh, Minecraft Steve surprised me. My, yeah, Minecraft Steve like, surprised everyone. 
everybody, even though everybody was like joking about that for a few years, like that really shocked me. Yeah. I mean, same with but, Joker, right? Like nobody knew about yeah. Joker. That was a huge I, shock. I screamed. That <laughs> shocked me too. about Joker. Yeah, that was crazy. It was. It really was. It, it, and and it was it was masterfully done at the end of the game awards. I mean, we didn't even know we would be getting any Smash news at all because well, the game had the game just was, come out that, was, that day. Yeah. Yeah. The game was coming out an hour after the Game Awards ended. Yeah. Yeah. That was nuts. Yeah. That, that was, was a, that was a great day, even if we had to watch the Game Awards. It's always Smash, man. It's oh. always Smash. Okay, buddy. Ooh. Game Awards? More like Gamer. Shame Awards. You're not, you don't get to watch it with us this year. <laughs> you've, already, you. you've already said we can't watch it. We're not... Well, we're not going to get on Discord with you. If you're just going to be like this now, you don't get to watch the Game Awards in a couple of weeks. <laughs> So. Well, I'm looking forward to the Game Awards because I think that we will probably hear about Elden Ring. That's, oh, we're definitely, yeah, yeah. That's the main reason. There's another game. It's not a new game. Very, very old game called Super Smash Brothers Melee that you've probably heard of. I know one listener that has heard of this game every, probably every night in his, in his dreams. <laughs> hears about this game. But... There is a very large tournament. It's the longest-running annual Melee tournament called the Big House. And Nintendo recently issued a cease and desist to have the tournament shut down. Now, the reason this only happened this year as opposed... And correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, because I think you are more attuned to this scene than I am. But my understanding is that usually the Big House is held in person. They play on CRTs. They bring physical controllers and whatnot. However... Because of COVID, in order to prevent it becoming a spreader event, this year they're using a sort of like a fan-made um, net code. They're going to be using sort of emulations of the game to play it online. And that is something that Nintendo considers a breach of contract. Yep. And they're having the whole thing shut down. Yeah, so the only reason that they shut it down is because... Well, I mean, the reason is super nebulous, but the only reason they had any reason to shut it down now is because they use this... Uh, this fan-made netcode mod, uh, Slippy, S-L-I-P-P-I, that is, uses rollback netcode, which is, like, top of the line for fighting games. It require, mm -hmm. it, like, allows you to have the best possible, um, online matches, uh, online. Um, and they got a cease and desist from Nintendo, and of course, people were very upset about it because this is a pretty big tournament people are big fans of. Um, and they tried to do something that they thought was going to keep people safe and do the responsible thing. And Nintendo said no, they couldn't allow it. Um, and their reasoning, which they responded to at the bottom, they sent this out to a bunch of uh, news outlets. This basically, uh, they said... Nintendo appreciates the love and dedication the fighting game community has for the Super Smash Bros. series. We have partnered with numerous Super Smash Bros. tournaments in the past and have hosted our own online and offline tournaments for the game, and we plan to continue that support in the future. Unfortunately, the upcoming Big House tournament announced plans to host an online tournament for Super Smash Bros. Melee that requires illegally copied versions of the game in conjunction with a mod called Slippy during their online event. Nintendo therefore contacted the tournament organizers to ask them to stop. They refused, leaving Nintendo no choice but to step in to protect its intellectual property and brands. Nintendo cannot condone or allow piracy of its intellectual property. So, a uh, fun fact about this statement is that it's so full of, like, nebulous bullshit that that's what's getting people more angry than them canceling it, almost. Um, I mean, not to, like, play devil's advocate, but we don't advocate for piracy on the podcast, either. We don't, but here's the thing, is that it's not piracy, right? We have one court case as precedent, granted, but we have a court case that is a precedent for this and the precedent is if you buy a disc from a game company and you rip that and you have an emulator you're allowed to do that that is legal you can't turn around and sell it but it's yours that you can take that's why mod sites or not mod sites but like rom hosting sites get shut down but the idea of uploading and ripping roms and having emulators is not illegal hmm. so there's no way to prove that these were all illegally copied in fact it's, it's not a thing that you can prove beyond a reasonable doubt. It's a very, very shaky stance that they don't... If, if Big House had enough money, I wonder if they could take this to court or if they would even try to or care. But, like, 
And again, I'm not a lawyer here, but using that one case as precedent, I don't think they'd have a lot of water to, to hold up here. They, they shut this down for weird nebulous reasons, and it's making people very, very angry. A couple people have actually said that they're going to do slippy tournaments for charity. So if they decide to shut those down too, that's not a good look for Nintendo. It's going to be shutting down a charity tournament. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks and it's scummy, and they did a bunch of weird legal loopholes. I think I was talking about this with a friend earlier. The biggest problem with Slippy, or not just Slippy, but the the whole idea of like emulating and doing online stuff in general is that, again, like I said, it's legal if you rip the disc yourself, but they don't sell this disc anymore. There's no way to get this game beyond getting it secondhand. So I honestly wonder if a good, albeit very Nintendo course of action, would be to just print more Melee discs and sell them. Like, if you were to print new Melee, which is not an, uh, an unrealistic precedent, um, just, like, just like last year, uh, Sega reprinted a bunch of Yakuza 2 discs, or not Yakuza 2, Yakuza 4 the PS2 discs, uh, and released them in the States. Um, we just recently, with the announcement of the remake, uh, got a bunch of Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne discs reprinted. Um, Square Enix is sitting on a bunch of reprinted discs from the PS2 era of like PS1, or sorry, from the PS3 era that were of PS1 and PS2 discs, their games. It's not unprecedented and it's not the best option, but I think it's one that could make a lot of people happy because Nintendo gets to directly profit from it and these people can take these discs and do what they want with it. I don't want to get cancelled. But, like, it makes sense that they allow these tournaments in person because those are actual discs of the game that they're sure people, like, bought. Yeah. But just, like, they can't prove that all the games were, um, like, illegally downloaded online for this. You can't prove that they weren't either. And I just tend to think that unless a company makes their game completely inaccessible, it's their game. I don't think it's really that scummy to, like, not want people to pirate your game. But it's not piracy, though. That's what but I'm saying. I, but, like, maybe... I mean, can't it be? Like... In a theory, I doubt, I doubt that be. only people... I doubt that the only people joining are people who own this game and then put their own copy online. Like, I just doubt that's that. That's just it. it. Seems... That's the issue, right? You can't yeah. prove that beyond a reasonable doubt, and that's what they're trying to tackle. At and least I to my think, understanding. And I think that's fair. Like... I think it's pretty un-Nintendo of them to let this happen in person all the time anyway because they hate people having fun with their games. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I kind of think it makes sense. I don't know. I I don't know. Yeah, Sorry, I, Frankie. I, I don't think it makes sense at all. I think it's... I mean... If I, nothing I, else, at the very least, they could have looked away and then maybe after the tournament been like, you guys can't do this again. This isn't okay, right? But, I mean, like... Why would they do that, though? Like, that doesn't benefit them. Look, I don't care how much money Nintendo makes. They they have fucking enough. The way they make money is really scummy most of the time. But, like, I don't know. I think it makes sense when corporations who have these, like, rules for whatever reason don't break it for some people sometimes because then that just puts them in this weird place where they have to, like, pick and choose when they let people do this stuff. And that seems more complicated and weird well that's one of the things that they addressed too it's like oh they had no choice to step in to protect its intellectual property and brands and and protecting it in this case means that they can't let people play it in a tournament event which is what gets it like these tournaments are what make, make people still interested in melee they're like what make it survive as an esport and nintendo not just this time but in the past have been very very eager to kill it as as quickly and painfully as possible right like, they have shut down tournaments before, pulled it out of EVO 2013, I think it was, which was a big deal, and people got so angry, Nintendo offered to put it back in. So then people shouldn't be surprised, I guess, by this is all I'm saying. Oh, that's the thing. I don't think people are. They're just angry, right? Sure. Like, it sucks, and it's not fair. And, the, I mean, the best solution is to be to either, like, let them play it, or just, like, sell an online version of Melee, maybe on the Switch or something. Like... It's not ideal. It probably wouldn't um, have rollback netcode, but what's up? If Nintendo sold an online version of that game, you know it would only be available for one week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably, unfortunately. Um, it also wouldn't have rollback netcode. That's exactly yeah. it. It wouldn't be as good, but it would be something, right? Like, give people a way to play this game that they love so dearly and are willing to spend more the, money on. 
Just do the Square Enix thing, how they still sell, like, new copies of Final Fantasy VII. That's what I just said, yeah. They should yeah, be reprinting like, I, those I games. I agree with you. I don't think, like, if you're going to put it online, that's a whole different thing. But, like, just keep making copies. I don't see how it costs that much money. Yeah. I don't see them selling super well. But... I, I think they'd sell pretty well. They could sell Melee at full price and people would probably buy it. Because they, used copies are currently full price. A used yeah, copy of Melee with the car the disc and everything, like the box, is like sixty bucks. So like well, yeah. okay. if you have a fresh factory made one, um, and maybe I'm talking out of my ass here, I don't know the logistics of especially their weird tiny uh GameCube discs. I don't know if those would cost extra to print as opposed to the, the standard disc size that's on the PS two. They could just shave down a full size disc. Oh. Yeah, just with like a like an electric razor, right? Oh no. Yeah. Or like a sander, just sort of like... Put, put it on a record player, but replace the record needle with like an actual razor and just like have it... <laughs> yeah, there you go. What do they do with the shavings? Press them into more discs. Yeah, they, they mix them like dough. Yeah. More of it. It's really good. It's great for the environment. They use every it's bit of the disc. The environment. Yeah. I remember when I was young that I had a GameCube. And I had a GameCube copy of 007 Nightfire. I also had a GameCube copy of Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life. And I remember a friend of mine telling me that one time they put their copy of 007 Nightfire and their copy of Resident Evil 4 in their GameCube at the same time. I was like eight, by the way. <laughs> And they said that when they did that, they were playing James Bond, and then the Ganados from Resident Evil 4 came into the level and started <laughs> fighting them, and that they got to use a, you know, James Bond gadgets to fight Resident Evil 4 zombies. And, and so I went home, and I, I put Harvest Moon and Nightfire in the same place, and I was hoping that I would go to, like, tend to my farm and that I could bring a, a gun. <laughs> and I, uh, I never got that far because they didn't both fit in, in the tray at the same time. <laughs> but, uh... This, this is the problem with digital-only consoles. I know. You won't be able to fool people like that. See, and then I thought, that, that friend is the stupidest jerk I've ever known. And I went back to school, and I told him the story about how it worked for me and how cool it was. Wait, what? And I lied about the whole thing. So you two were both willingly, knowingly lying to each other Have the whole time. Have you ever been eight before? Do you know what? It, do you not know what it's like to try and seem cool to people? What were you like, some bastion of honesty as a young? No, kid? I was just never cool to anyone. That's the difference. Okay. Now here's the thing, though. Then later, I found out that you could do that on the Sega Genesis. With Sonic 3 oh, yeah. and Knuckles. Yeah. And it blew my mind that you could actually do that with it, not any video game. Listener, if you don't know, Sonic 3 and Knuckles did not... In okay, Sonic 3, oh, certain cartridges, God. you could flip open the top of the cartridge. And the top of the cartridge was another cartridge slot. Really? And you could stack oh, yeah, Sonic and Knuckles into the top of Sonic and 3. And when you launched the game, it would say Sonic 3 and Knuckles. It was like DLC, but physical. What year was this? I don't know. What year was that? 92, 93? See, this is the thing. We're watching the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air right now. And man, <laughs> everything was better back then. Just everything. That sounds sick. Really? Because the episode we just watched was about them driving someone's bins and getting arrested for it. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a good episode. I remember that episode. It's a fantastic episode. It's a really good episode. Uh... Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, if we're going to do sitcom of the year, sitcom of the year, every year. F Great show. Fresh Prince of Melee. Let's talk about the PS5 real, real fast. Okay. Still don't have it. <clears throat> don't have it yet. Dylan. Don't have it. <laughs> you just said you weren't going to hate people for, le for listening and having a PS5. All right. To blaze through this, this, uh, this story real quick. Uh, on the PS4, if you plug in an external hard drive, you can individually uh, handle your save files, your game data, separately from the game itself. So you can you can shuffle saves around. It's sort of like a sort of like an elaborate memory card type thing. It's just like a feature that is that is built in because mm -hmm. every computer can do that because it's just a basic function of USBs and hard drives. 
but <laughs> it's you, it's hard it's probably harder to get it not to do that than it is to do that but the PS5 is going to do exactly that by not allowing you to transfer saves onto hard drives. Um, um, only for PS5 games. If you play a PS4 game on your PS5, you can do it. Which just shows you, again, the feature exists, but they're artificially and, restricting it. And you can back up your saves, but you have to have PS Plus. Right. So you will not be doing it with the same method. You'll be uploading it online to their um, cloud and then downloading it again. So I don't think that the article... I pulled the story from mentions this, but maybe this is a stupid question. Right now with PS Plus, if you have it and get some games and then don't pay for it for two months, you can't play those games until you pay for it again, right? Right, right. Would that go for your saves? Like your saves exist until you start paying again? If it works with the, the way the PS4 does, it's not that you can't access the saves, it's that you can't access the cloud. So if I upload my saves from a game on one PS4, and then go onto the other PS4 and download them. They're there. They're downloaded. But um, if I were not to download them, they would be in the cloud, but I couldn't access them. I think that's what it. I think that's what it, I'm not totally positive though. This is just like the Nintendo style of game backups, right? Like, I mean, they didn't do this until recently. If I recall, the right. PS3 tried to do something similar, and then they got in trouble for it, and then didn't happen. Right. Well, it's it's dumb. It, it's, it's very dumb. It's really dumb. The, um, like you said, the technology exists. There's no reason for it not to be the case. The only thing I can think of is that some sort of restriction or limit of it being a hard drive on an external hard drive and an SSD inside the PS5. Maybe because like certain games are designed around the SSD, right? Especially now we're getting game more yeah. and more games even on other platforms that need to be on some sort of solid state drive. As opposed but, to a physical disc. Uh, yeah, I guess. But I but know. it's still like I don't know I don't know what I'm talking about. But I have an SSD in my computer, and I could put things on a hard drive on my computer. You can, yeah. but yeah. most of now recently, like they just we just got the information about uh, Cyberpunk 2077 running on PC, and if you want to do it on higher than high, you need to put it on an SSD. Which is interesting. I think I this wish, is the first game that has been like, hey, you need an SSD to play this. I wish that I could even justify attempting to do that, because I know I won't even probably go above medium. You could probably even. get to high, at least. Yeah. You think I can get to high? I'd have, yeah, to see you your, I'd have to see your build, but you could probably do that it. Game, your that game's coming on a PS4, yeah. Your computer is very good. You're just afraid because of the Microsoft Flight Sim nightmare i think i'm afraid flight sims a whole other advertising of that game yeah i think i'm afraid because they'll come on their trailers and they'll say like we're creating the first ever living breathing city you're confused it's gonna (laughs) look like um a 2020 version of skyrim so it's not gonna be that crazy yeah it's just gonna be a video game skyrim didn't have no techno gun floating cars yeah it's just it's gonna look like that. but it was a big revolutionary game in the same sense it didn't look terrific you know but it it did a lot of cool things We've seen gameplay videos. It doesn't look that good. Everybody's like, wow, Cyberpunk, it's the greatest game of all time. It's truly the future. It's it's holographic. Okay, it, it does now, it does look visually really nice. But yeah, like hey, every game looks good right now. That's okay? not every true. Sing, every Hot single take. brand new game looks great. Name one game looks bad. Alex. Me? Yeah. Uh, I've been playing a lot of House Flipper. That game doesn't look great. <laughs> oh my fucking god. You're off the podcast. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm, br- I'm executively bringing Alex back on the podcast. Oh, thank you. Uh-oh. Oh, we, <laughs> we were a, we were video chatting with Alex, but okay, my laptop the, just died. The audio is is safe. Yeah, it's fine. We can still hear each other. Right. Okay. Because, listener, you know what time it is. It's time that we talked about the best game of a given year. We started way back when, talking about the best game of 1995, and we're here now in. 2017. I'll go first. Okay, so I just remembered I am upset that the camera went out because I just want to make it very, very clear that Janelle has never been wronger about anything in her life than she is about what I'm about to say. I knew you were going to do this. Of course, yeah. I I wanted to see... You're going to roll your eyes and be like, ugh, whatever, God, and be like, oh, it sucks. Meanwhile, every other game you said that sucks, you've been like, this is my favorite game, right? You know, that's funny, Alex, because I've given you real reasons why I think this game isn't as good as you say, but you don't actually listen to me. Anyway, what's the game? Well, okay, the game is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. 
which is okay. easily the best game of that year. It is such an, an interesting, innovative open world game that Janelle I- just hates. Alex is an idiot listener. Um, my official stance on Breath of the Wild is that the like the gameplay is really interesting and the puzzles are really fun, but I think the open world itself is a really bad example of an open world, but I do think that it's a really good beginning for what they could do, and it's why I think Breath of the Wild 2 will be good, because I think that they'll only improve on what I don't think they did a very good job at the first time. See, that's the first I've heard that particular reasoning. I, I can find this on Discord, dude. I've said this to you before. You you have had, like, multiple different nebulous reasonings. And it's not like you can't not like the game. Like, you're entitled to that, but you're wrong, you know? Like, okay. this is just the best game of that okay. year, I think. <laughs> okay, well, you and every other guy on IGN, I guess. Exactly, every other person, because Ooh. we all know that it's it's the best game. Anyway. Okay, Nolan, what about you? You don't want to go second? No. Okay. <laughs> I I also think Breath of the Wild is fantastic. It's a great game. But for me, it's not because of the open world design. It's because of the like the chemistry in the game. I think that if you watch that GDC talk, they talk about how everything interacts. It's very interesting. It's the best part of the game, in my opinion. Also, shout out to Resident Evil 7 for being awesome. Fantastic mm-hmm. game. Yeah. The third best Resident Evil game, in my opinion. That's the second. Resident Evil 4. I said it's the second. You want to know what the first is? Ooh, spicy. Resident Evil Remake. First is Resident Evil Remake. That's right, for the GameCube. You you know your stuff. Oh, not RE2 Remake. <laughs> Interesting. And, uh, yeah, you can actually swap RE2 and RE7, like, on on spot three. It's, it's up in the air for me. <laughs> but... I've been trying to say Persona 7 for like four Persona. episodes. Persona what? Persona 5. Oh, <laughs> no. no. I'm in Persona 5. So it is Persona 5, which is an awesome RPG. It's a really great game. And um, you should play it. It's the, a good time. The, you've been trying to talk about this for so long. <laughs> yeah, you get, you get a chance. I can finally talk about um, it. Let me say first that it's my number two. But when I think about it, I think of this really embarrassing memory, which is after a whole term of wanting to talk to Nolan. I, like, started a conversation by talking about PAX and talking about maybe cosplaying as a Persona character, and I can't believe he's dating me. Because <laughs> that's really embarrassing to think about. Um, in a Japanese class. It was very embarrassing. But Persona 5 is really good. I know I've said a lot in the past about how it's backwards in a lot of ways, which is true. Um, I'm playing Royal right now, kind of taking a hiatus, but I'm playing it and um it's already a lot better than the original game Mm -hmm. so that's something to think about you know and uh that's 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 the hottest take of all sometimes problematic things can still be good sometimes in some ways but that definitely are parts of persona 5 where you're like "Ooh, yeah i've heard heard a lot about those gotta not do that next time guys yeah um can I talk about mine? Yeah, yes. tell us your wrong I talked. I talked about yours for you. Okay, I'm go sorry. for it. Go, go for yours. Go that. for yours. Uh, Yakuza 0. It's... Oh, I forgot that one. Yeah, it's the best Yakuza game. It's... Oh, that might actually um... be like tied for one, number one for me. Yakuza 0 is incredible. Did you, was that when it came yeah. out in the yeah. States? Um, I believe so. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Because every other game we've been basing it off of when it came out in the States, whether or not Nolan lived in Japan when it came out. <laughs> um... It's kind of just like slammed a knife in my chest. <laughs> I feel really bad now. Um, but yeah, Yakuza Zero. I know I've talked about it a bunch already, but I think it's the strongest Yakuza uh, game. It is the most charming, and the mini games are really fun. I am writing an article for the Emerald right now about the best games of the generation, and that one is on there. It's really I, good. I have heard that one a lot as being the best Yakuza game, and it's the first chronological one too, right? So. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's an a excellent prequel. starting point. Um, Yakuza Zero and Four are the two best Yakuza games I am of. But mm. yeah, if you've heard us talk about those games a lot, which you have, if you've been listening to us for a while, that's a really good place to start. That's where I started, and you can um, buy real estate as a chicken. So yeah, yeah. or rather, you can have a well, chicken help you. Yeah, by real estate. Yeah. yeah. I, I have not finished that game, but I, I have really, really enjoyed my time with it. Yeah, it's incredible. 
It's great. Yeah. And that's the episode. Yeah, that's it. That's Emerald Gamescast episode 46. I've been Nolan. With me has been... Joe Biden. You can't be Joe Biden again. You came Wait, back. You came um, back. Last week I said it was episode 45 and Alex or you, someone said, no, it's 46, but it wasn't. This one is. So... <laughs> I think that was my fault. Yeah. So I'm Joe Biden. You're Joe Biden. And also with me has been... Not Joe Biden. Not Joe Biden. Which is most other people in the world. That's true. I, that's me too. I'm also not Joe Biden. We have so much in common. But even huh. though I'm not Joe Biden... You can still email me and my co-hosts at emeraldgamescast at gmail.com or you can tweet us at odegamescast.com and you can tell us via message whether or not you are Joe Biden. Wait, you guys, it's Joe Biden's birthday. Is it really? Maybe he should go Joe Biden himself a new video game. Hey. <laughs> no. Hey. Didn't land with Alex. Didn't land, didn't with, land Alex. with Alex. He didn't like that at all. Maybe this one will land with Alex. Episode 46 is the first episode in quite a while since episode 37, where the two numbers add up to 10. What's the opposite? In 10 more seconds, <laughs> the episode is over. What's the opposite? 1, 2, 3, of 4, 5, landing? 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. See you next week. <laughs> What's the opposite of a joke landing?